Hello everyone. How are you this beautiful day, this beautiful day that the Lord has made? I'm Karen Jane Casey on the podcast, Turn to God with Karen. And every Wednesday we have Sword of the Spirit. In these episodes, we talk about the Word of God because the Word of God is the Sword of the Spirit, our weapon that we can use against the enemy's attacks. And that's described for us in Ephesians chapter 6 about putting on the full armor of God before we go out into the world each day. And so um, for the months of August through December, which we're finishing up today, Every Wednesday, we were looking at parables in the New Testament. So if you haven't watched or listened to these, I hope that you'll go back and review them. Well, like I said, this is the last parable we'll look at this year. Actually, it's the last podcast for this year because 2022 is on the way out and we're in for the new. Well, today's episode title is Faithful Servants. And it's based upon the parable of the ten talents, or the gold coins, found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. As I usually do, I'll begin by reading a passage from the Word of God. I like to use the Amplified Bible, at least first, because it's so very detailed. And we're going to start out with a footnote for Matthew verse 25, verse 15, talking about the talent. A talent was a measurement of weight, usually 58 to 80 pounds. One talent of silver was worth more than 15 years worth of wages. One talent of gold was worth even more. So pay attention to that as we go through this. Parable of the Talents For it is just like a man who was about to take a journey, and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and then he went on his journey. The one who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one who had two made a profit and gained two more. But the one who had received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought his five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have made a profit and gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. Also, the one who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have made a profit and gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. The one who had received one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man, reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid to lose the talent, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is your own. 
But his master answered him, You wicked, lazy servant! You knew that I reaped the harvest where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter seed. Then you ought to have put my put my money with the bankers, and at my return I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent away from him, and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God, and has used them wisely, more will be given, and he will richly supply that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken from him. And throw out the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place of grief and torment, there will be weeping over sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth over distress and anger. Wow. So, don't we want to be the one with the ten talents or the five talents? But really, it doesn't matter how many talents you have. It's what you do with it. The one that had one, he could have invested it and had much more, but no, he buried it into the ground. Hmm. So here's a commentary by the Theology of Work Project that I found on the internet. And I encourage you to go to them and read further. I've only touched on the highlights. This is what they said. The meaning of the parable extends far beyond financial investments. God has given each person a wide variety of gifts, and he expects us to employ those gifts in his service. It is not acceptable merely to put those gifts on a, in a closet shelf and ignore them. Like the, several, like the three servants, we do not have gifts of the same degree. The return God expects of us is commensurate with the gifts we have been given. The servant who received one talent was not condemned for failing to reach the five-talent goal. No, he was condemned because he did not nothing with what he was given. The gifts we receive from God include skills, abilities, family connections, social positions, education, experiences, and so much more. The point of the parable is that we are to use whatever we have been given for God's purpose. The severe consequences to the unproductive servant, far beyond anything triggered by merely business mediocrity, tell us that we are to invest our lives and not waste them. Yet the particular talent invested in the parable is money. In the order of a million U.S. dollars in today's world, in modern English, this fact is obscured because the word talent has come to refer mainly to skills or abilities. But this parable concerns money. It depicts investing, not hoarding, as a godly thing to do if it accomplishes godly purposes in a godly manner. In the end, the master praises the two trustworthy servants with the words, Well done, good and trustworthy slave as in Matthew twenty five twenty three, In those words, we see that the master cares about the results, well done, the methods, good, and the motivation, trustworthy. Well, the ultimate implication of the parable is that we are to use whatever talents we've been given to the best of our ability for God's glory. And when we have done that, we are on an equal playing field with our faithful, trustworthy servants of God. So, you, we know that each 
person has a different level of talents that God has given us. One person has great ability in music, while another one has great ability in science. Another one may be a great housekeeper or a mother. There is such a variety, but we are to fulfill our purpose and do good with what God has given us. I believe fully that Jesus is coming again very soon. I've confessed my sins, confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Still, when a believer knows that Jesus is coming soon, they see that there's lots of work yet to be done. The work doesn't add to their salvation, but it's done out of gratitude for God's abundant grace and mercy and the acknowledgement that we have a specific calling or purpose. Each person has that unique calling and purpose. And we're to utilize them. A big part of that purpose may be to share the good news and help others to get ready for Jesus. Are you saved and ready for Jesus? Will you have rewards in heaven? Are you utilizing the abilities, the talents, and purpose that God gave you specifically? Or have you allowed troubles or pleasures to distract you? Today is a good day to come back to what God has called you to do. So you can be ready. If you don't know what your calling is, pray about it and try a few things. Do you feel peace in it? Joyce Meyer recently said on her television program, Trust God and do good. That's so simple, isn't it? Trust God and do good. The enemy will always try to distract us from what we're here to do. I encourage you to give God your problems, trusting Him, and while He's working on your troubles, you can do good. Do what you're called to do. Well, the Bible tells us that we'll know a believer by their fruits. Is your fruit showing? Can, you, can people look at you and know that you love Jesus? What is motivating you? Is it thankfulness, gratitude for your salvation, or are you motivated by something else? We can look at the character of Jesus and emulate him in every situation. Every believer is equipped with the fruit of the Spirit. It's up to us to grow it, grow in it. In Christ, we can mature in our love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we sincerely see all this happening in today's world and know that Jesus is coming soon, certainly he's coming sooner than a century ago, sooner than a year ago, sooner even than yesterday. Today we need to roll up our sleeves and do good work, for the Lord is coming. Are you ready for Jesus? How about your loved ones? Are your loved ones ready? My main and consistent prayer is for our loved ones to become believers while the opportunity is there. But not just for those I love. I pray for all of those I've come into contact with while I'm staying on earth. I don't feel that anything is by coincidence. And even my enemies, I need to pray for them as Jesus instructed. We're to love our enemies and even pray for them. After all, God wants all to come to his kingdom, and I want to fall into agreement with the Lord. In that we fall in agreement with him, we want all to come to his kingdom. How can we love and pray for unbelievers? 
and especially how can we pray for our enemies? Forgiving them is one thing, but pray for them? What helps me to rem- help me helps me in that is to remember Jesus while he was on the cross. He had suffered horrible horrible pain and condemnation from the people that he loved. And at the same time he said, while he was suffering, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that's the truth in it. If only our enemies knew God sees everything that we think, say, and do. If only our enemies knew that Jesus is coming soon, that heaven and hell are real. Surely, if they knew all that, our enemies would come to Jesus while the opportunity is there. Do you feel a sense of urgency for your prayers to be answered, for that harvest of loved ones to be saved? Of course, my hope is that I'll be ready to go, be found good, found, be found in the midst of doing good works when the Lord comes, and that there'll be many rewards awaiting. How about you? I love to share the good news of Jesus, and John 3.16 explains it clearly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In today's world, you may hear that there are many ways to get to heaven, but that's not really true. Jesus himself tells us in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So are you a believer? Do you believe that Jesus is the only Son of God? Do you know that Jesus came to suffer and die on the cross for you, to pay for your sins? And that he defeated death. Do you know that Jesus is the only way to eternity in heaven? We each have free will to decide whether to become believers in Jesus. I urge you to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Don't procrastinate something so very important, the most important thing in your life. Speak your confession out loud as instructed in Romans 10, verses 8 through 9. When you believe and confess Jesus, confess your sins, confess Jesus, accept Him as your Lord and Savior, you have become His. You are born again, saved, a believer, a follower of Jesus. And once you belong to the Lord, out of gratitude for His mercy and grace, through Jesus Christ, you are naturally motivated to do good works to walk in right living, to serve Him by serving others. And there are specific talents and gifts that He's given you to walk in that. Others will see your good works and glorify God. When Jesus comes, I want to be prepared. I want to be found in my faith, filled work, influencing others to come to Jesus and practicing right living, knowing that I am His, full of His mercy and grace. Let us each be found on that day, doing good and not evil. Let us each be found as a Jesus follower, eager to be taken up to him and hear the Father say, Welcome, good and faithful servant. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll join me every Wednesday morning in the episode, Sword of the Spirit, with a podcast, Turn to God with Karen. And as you may know, Every Monday we have Turn to God 
uh, episodes of Hope and Faith Journey. This is where we cover various topics to bring encouragement and healing and overcoming through challenges and sufferings that we may be going through right now. This is Karen Jane Casey, author, speaker, podcaster, domestic violence, victim advocate, and ambassador for Christ. Go to my website contact page with your comments and your suggestions. I love any feedback you may have. And while you're at my website, you may see um, resource material regarding domestic violence and particularly my books, my blogs, and my podcasts. And I just want to say that if you've read and enjoyed any of my books, especially if they brought you, and any of my podcasts, and if they've brought you encouragement, hope for healing, positive change, or encourage you to come to Jesus, let me know about it. And I just want to say to you, Happy New Year. Thank you, and God bless.